Good morning. How y'all doing? Good, praise God. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for this worship. Amen. Just by way of announcement, um, my name is Rodney Wilkinson. I get to serve as the lead pastor of Gospel Fellowship. And it's been a, been a joy to do that. Um, we have two special individuals that are going to be um, transitioning to Orlando. They're a near and dear couple to our hearts. And she has been serving on Gospel Fellowship's praise team from the beginning. Um, and it's just been so faithful. We've known her since college. And when she came, she kept saying she had a boyfriend. And I was like, who is this boyfriend? And um, when we got a chance to meet him, I just instantly fell in love with his spirit. He is a basketball coach and has done much work in bringing players over from Haiti and getting them into schools here and watching them blossom and grow. And so we are sad to see this couple leave, but we're excited about what God's going to do next in their life. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for Justin and Tracy. I know they, they I know that they love this church and and serve this church faithfully, so we are excited and praying for the next chapter in your life. Amen? Amen. In my preaching, I decided when we started this church that my preaching was not going to be to stir your emotions or to try to find the most clever thing to say. My preaching was going to be instructive. And we live in a day and an hour where we need that kind of instruction. And so I'm thankful for a new series we are starting called It's Complicated. It's Complicated. And in this series, we're going to be discussing some taboo issues. Issues that um, many churches may not necessarily address directly. But we are a church of young people. We are a church of some older people. We're, we're a diverse church. So we just want to hit directly what everybody else is talking about. Amen? So somebody say it's complicated. So today is the introduction of this series. And to help roll out the introduction of this series, I have a video that I want to show you guys real quick. Uh, so please turn your attention to the screen. It's a funny little video. Uh, but I think it helps the point that I want to talk about today. I believe many of us, if we're not careful, some of us on accident can find ourselves living in this Christian bubble. Some of us on purpose find ourselves living in this Christian bubble. And if you live in this bubble, you become non-effective to all that God's called us to do. Amen. And so today I want to talk about how do we burst the Christian bubble. How do we burst the Christian bubble? You can find me in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10.
Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10 says this. Jesus entering Jericho was passing through, it was passing through. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed on a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people that saw this began to mutter and say, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to your house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those that are lost. I want to talk from the topic, bursting bubbles. My three points is caught in the crowd from the table or from the tree to the table and the spirit brings renewal. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. Thank you for that worship set this morning. Thank you for your people gathering together to hear your preached word. Father, we live in a society that is very complex. The gospel is simple, but life is complicated. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to wade through the issues. Lord, I pray that you would give us grace and patience to not just react, but to think. Lord, would you burst the Christian bubble we find ourselves in. It's to that end that we are available to hear what you have to say. So use your servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) There we go. With the lights. I guess somebody's working on that. Point one. I need these monitors off. Sound, somebody will help me. The monitors on the stage can be off. Thank you, Lord. I, um, I get the opportunity as a pastor to talk to many, many people and, and people in many, many stages of life. I get to uh, talk to people that are talking to people about the stages of life that they're in. And this life, it's, it's complicated. The question of sexuality in our culture, it's multifaceted. And the Christian today uh, has to be nuanced in its approach to answering complicated questions. He does not have or she does not have to be less truthful. But you do have to have 
the wisdom to hear the question and answer it effectively. The issue of race in our culture is a complicated, multifaceted issue, especially in South Florida. The issue of politics in the left and the right and Republicans and Democrats and the elections that are coming up in positions and, and, and all of this, to, to be able to wade in the water is important and critical. And we can't just live in the Christian bubble and say nothing. The whole world is talking about it, and we can't just put on Bethel music or Travis Green and keep it moving. We can't just turn off our TVs and disengage and just stay in our quiet time. I love Carlos' prayer this morning because he was imploring us, Lord, who will go for us? Lord, who will do the work to wade in in the difficult issues of our day with wisdom and clarity and tethered to truth? Who will go for us? Isaiah says, Lord, send me, I'll go. I pray that by the end of this series, that's what you're saying, Lord, send me, I'll go. To, 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 to deal with this, we have to, to make sure that our identity isn't found in public or opinion or what people think. Our identity must be found in Christ, in Christ alone. So I want to talk about getting caught in the crowd. Point one. Jesus is, I miss preaching too, so I feel good. Jesus is passing through Jericho. Understand about Jericho. Jericho is a place of commerce. It's a place of trading. It is, it is a port that people are coming in and out of quite frequently. There's a lot of agricultural uh, 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 progress happening in Jericho. And, and the Bible's going to talk about a man named Zacchaeus. And Jesus is passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. This is one of his, his final uh, engagements with people before he makes his way to the cross. And he comes, he's going to come across this little guy named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a tax collector, which means he is rich because he's a tax collector. In Jericho, he is filthy rich. He has made his money off extorting taxes from the poor, and he is very, 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 very rich. He is the upper echelons of his society. He is, he is the well-to-do of his day. Jesus going to engage with this well-off person footnote Jesus doesn't just come for the poor that's good to remember he does not solely come solely for the disenfranchised he comes to the wealthy as well Zacchaeus is very very rich has his money together but still not satisfied. He's, he's well off, still no peace, which lets us know it's possible to have money and not have peace. It's, it's possible to be well off and still not satisfied. And here this rich man is going to encounter a righteous God. 
Now, just a couple of chapters prior, one chapter prior, Jesus engages with another rich man. He is called the rich young ruler. And in engaging with him, the, the, the question that this young ruler has is, how can one gain access to eternal life? And Jesus gives him a response to really show him what his heart is tied to. He says, sell all you have and give to the poor and follow me and you could be my disciple. The rich man refuses to follow Jesus. And here's what Jesus says. It is hard for a rich man to make it into heaven. Remember that? And you can walk away thinking, you see, rich people, they can't really get to God. People that got money, they can't really get to God. No, no, because this, this, this section of Scripture is going to help us see, no, the rich can get to God. That's important for us to know. Because in your discipleship and in your evangelism, I don't want you to disregard people that have money because you think people that have money are, are better off than you somehow. We all are in the same boat regardless of our bank accounts. We all are spiritually bankrupt and in need of a holy God to rescue us. This man has money but is still not satisfied and he wants to see Jesus. This dignified individual wants to see this broke uh, a carpenter from Galilee. He, he's going out of his way to follow this no-name leader because he's looking for something. But there's a problem in his pursuit. The Bible says what stops him from seeing Jesus are two things. It's the crowd and it's his height. You see, Zacchaeus is a short man. I don't know how short. He's a little guy. And this crowd is hindering him from seeing Jesus. This, this crowd, watch this, makes no space for Zacchaeus. This, this crowd makes no pathway for little Zac to make his way to Jesus. You see, this crowd is not Zacchaeus' people. It's not his, his group. It's not who he hangs with. He hangs with the elite, and these, 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 these poorer people are all following Jesus, and Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus, but these, these people aren't making a pathway for him because he's not a part of their normal bubble, if you will. So what's stopping Zacchaeus from getting to Jesus are the people following Jesus. I wonder, was anybody expecting Zacchaeus to come? You see, as we start dealing with taboo issues, and I, here's my promise to you, I pray that you invite people to come. I pray uh, that, that, that you would come and, and hear the whole series. By God's grace, I'm going to handle this biblically, gracefully, and hopefully with wisdom and shrewdness and understanding. That's what I have to say to you. But I, 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 I wonder, are you praying for people in the LGBT community. I wonder if you are praying for people outside of your race. I wonder if you are praying for people on the other side of the aisle. And if you were to encounter them in your Christian bubble, would you make space for them? 
or do we leave that for someone else to do? I wonder as you are going to work, are you expecting Zacchaeus to come? Are you expecting someone outside of your bubble to come? I wonder as you are engaging your children, are you expecting them to ask questions that Zacchaeus would ask, even though they're raised in your home? Because kids ask real questions. I wonder, are you expecting to make new friends that don't think like you do, don't have the same views that you do? Are you making space for Zacchaeus's in your life? Because if not, you will never see Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus may come to your church, but you won't see him. You'll just wonder, who was that? And all the while, Zacchaeus is trying to make his way, but you're boxing out Zacchaeus. Hey, little guy, move, move out of the way. I, I got to get to Jesus. If you're not careful because of your indignation about people that are different from you, you'll be elbowing Zacchaeus, keeping him from Jesus. You see, it's dangerous to just be caught in a crowd. Crowds are known for seeking miracles, coming to Jesus for what they can get, coming to Jesus for bread, coming to Jesus and hearing him teach, but never experiencing true transformation to the point of them making disciples. They are just here and taking and receiving and give me more and make it comfortable for me and do it the way I like it. No, I, I don't like the way you did it. I want it done this way. This, the, the, it's, it's, it's a dangerous thing for you and I, you and I, to be caught in a crowd, just following a crowd. Never moving from spiritual death to spiritual life, just in the crowd, just present. Like if you're in the classroom and the teacher, the first thing they usually do would take attendance and you say present, but you don't pass the class for being present. You don't pass the class because you showed up. You got to take the test. You see, crowds are wishy-washy. Crowds, uh, you can find them there one day and the next day you don't know where they went. But you see, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus is praying to the point of blood coming out of his vessels, you don't see a crowd. There are no crowds when the seas are raging and the disciples are fearful of their life. You don't see crowds. On Calvary's cross, when Jesus is dying for sin, you don't see crowds. You see, being in a crowd don't make you a child of God. Can I say that again this morning? Being here this morning don't make you no child of God. Serving in a crowd, serving in a crowd, serving, in a, volunteering in a crowd don't make you no child of God. Leading in a crowd. Leadership in the crowd does not make you a child of God. 
And one of the ways we know that we are children of God is that we continue with Jesus. We continue. We, we stay tethered to the deity of Christ. We don't say stuff like, I don't really know if Jesus is God or not. Not if you've been born again. You don't question his sacrificial atonement. I wonder, did Jesus really die on the cross? We stay tethered to his sacrificial living. We stay tethered to him in repentance. We stay tethered to him in continual service. And not that we don't go through points in our Christian life where we have questions and we wonder about things and we got to go back to the book and we got to look again, but, 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 but we don't denounce him. Some of y'all know where I'm going. This week, news that a famous pastor and author, Joshua Harris, who wrote a book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, recently came out and said that he was getting a divorce. I had read that book in college, and others that I've known have read that book because it helps for them in, in certain areas of their life. And he comes out and he's saying he, he's getting a divorce. And okay, that was tragic. A couple of days later, a week later, he comes out and he says, I am also leaving the faith. This very influential evangelical pastor, teacher, who really is a symbol of purity for a generation, not just walks away from his wife, but walks away, quote, unquote, from the faith. Some of you have, have seen the Netflix movie, uh, Come Sunday. It is the story of Carlton Pearson, who was a famous Pentecostal charismatic generational leader that was able to bring together whites and blacks in a day where that just did not happen, gifted, denied Jesus as the only way to salvation, and walked away from the faith. We can go further back to a contemporary of Billy Graham named Charles Templeton who was a contemporary of Billy Graham, so much so that people were going more to see Charles than to see Billy. It was, it was something to see. And Charles, at some point, he just, he just says, Jesus is not the only way. Jesus is not God. And he just leaves all of his influence and leadership that he had in the church. And him and Billy were good friends. And Billy says, when he saw Charles leave, because Charles was his friend, it rocked them. They were in ministry together, packing out tents and leading thousands of people to Jesus. And when he sees Charles walk away, Billy goes out into the woods and gets his Bible and sit up under a tree for hours and begins to pray and say, Lord, is this true? Billy wrestles with his own faith. But he leaves under that tree convinced more than ever that I may have lost a partner in ministry, but I'll never lose the Christ of the ministry. 
One of the things as young believers, when you see this happen, when you see people that were walking with Jesus, I'm not just talking about popular people that have this great following. Sometimes people in our own churches, in our own groups, one day they're running on fire for Jesus, and the next day they say, I don't do church no more. Don't call me no Christian. I don't want to be associated with y'all. Let me say this. Let me just pass you in this moment. You're only going to see more of this as your heart keeps beating and you keep living. Cultural Christianity or being a Christian because it's the good thing to do, that day is evaporating before our eyes. And there will be many, the scripture says, that fall away from the faith. And some of us are going to think, how, how can this person who is following Jesus just not want to follow Jesus anymore? I don't get it. I don't understand it. How the, they were in the crowd. It's a dangerous thing to just be in the crowd following people but not following Christ. You're, you're, the, the danger is you're just in the crowd. You're, you're, you're among them but you're not of them. And you say everything the crowd says, and you do everything that the crowd does, and you, you, you go places that the crowd goes. You're just stuck in cultural Christianity. Rodney Steele, how, how does this happen? Well, well you've got to ask the question first, how is one saved? You see, it is quite possible for you to, to come to a church like GF and for us to open up for prayer and say, if you want to know what it means to follow Jesus. See, we don't promise Jesus here. I don't know if you caught that. I don't come at the end and say, if you want to get into heaven, come to the altar. I don't have no power to get you into heaven. I say, if you want to know what it means to follow Jesus, come and we'll speak with you. We just don't want to pray and spit on you and make you fall out. We want to talk we want to talk about things like repentance and faith and God's grace and what Jesus has done and ask you questions like, do you believe this? Because it is your faith that must stand the test, not the person praying for you. You say, well, Rodney, how is one saved? You see, Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You see, it's possible for you to walk the aisle to be prayed for, to say, right now I want to become a, a member of Gospel Fellowship, to go back in there and sit through three classes with the elders as we walk through this process for you to come on stage and for us to give you the right hand of fellowship. And we welcome to Gospel. We're so glad you're here. For you to begin serving in some area of ministry, for you to go on mission trips, for you to get in the discipleship group and, 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 and do all these things and still not be saved. Rodney, how? Because you can join a church. but not join Christ. Rodney, how? Because you can join the church, but you're born into the kingdom. You see, salvation is something that God does. He's the one that takes us from spiritual death to spiritual Life, it is, it is something we are born into, and you can't fake a new birth. 
You, you, you can fake a quote-unquote conversion, but you can't fake being born again. See, you have new genes when you come into the kingdom of God. You have a new DNA when you come into the kingdom of God. And the Bible says you are new. That's why it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all old things are passed away, and behold, everything is made new. He's, he's a new creation. I want to read some scriptures to you so that you see this with your own eyes. Look at John 10, chapter 27 through 29. It says this, my sheep, this is Jesus talking, my sheep, real Christians, authentic Christians, my sheep, hear my voice. Y'all catch that? And I know them. Jesus says, I know them. This is why in Matthew chapter, uh, um, uh, uh, Matthew chapter uh, 7, when he says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these works? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. I just got, I, I, I love you too much to lie. And I love you more than if you come back next week. Can I just tell you the truth? Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, and I love them, and they follow me. And I will give them, my sheep, eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one, look at that. Help me, Jesus. That's preachy. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Can you see that? Jesus got Rodney in his hand. And everything could be trying to snatch him out. And Jesus says, but whose hand is Rodney in? You see, Rodney don't sit in his own hand. Because Rodney's own hand can't keep Rodney. Rodney's resting in Jesus' hand, and the Bible says no one snatches them out, so no new thought snatched them out. E Egyptian mythology don't snatch him out. A, a thought of Jehovah's Witness ain't snatching me out of that. It's 2020, and we're more advanced than that. That's old school. That's what our parents did. But now we are sophisticated individuals. We can actually think. We don't need no antiquated book talking to us. We can figure this thing. That don't snatch Rodney out. One of the ways you know you're a believer is that you continue. Amen? Next slide. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. Do you all see that? For the authentic believer, it is not that he had a thought and started following Jesus. It is that he has recognized that he was spiritually dead, and God has awakened him and made him alive and have hidden him in Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Next slide. I love this. We'll look at this later this fall. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed. In other words, when Christ saves you, he gives us imperishable seed that does not perish. Next slide. Lastly, dagger. This is actually 1 John 2, verse 19 says, talking about when people depart from the faith, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us but they went out that it may become plain that they are not of us. 
Now, Rodney, that's truth, but that's hard truth, and I agree. So what do we do? When we're around believers, this is why life group is important, B group is important, this is why Sunday morning is important, because one of the things believers should be doing with believers is praying for one another. We, we, we talk too much about one another, and we don't pray enough for one another. It's important that we're praying over one another. Another thing, it's important that we're encouraging one another. And when we see one another begin to err in false teaching, we challenge and rebuke one another. Amen? So I say to individuals that are making these statements that are quote-unquote leaving the church, may not be leaving the church, capital C, they may be leaving buildings and programs. But you don't leave Christ. So what do we do? We pray for these individuals. We lift them up before the Lord. Amen. And we encourage others in, for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Point two. From the tree to the table. I love this. Jesus sees Zacchaeus in this tree, looks up at Zacchaeus and says, Zach, um, get down. Hurry down. Because I got to come to your house tonight. Jesus looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. Everybody else is ignoring Zacchaeus, pushing Zacchaeus out. But Jesus sees Zacchaeus and he sees Zacchaeus as he is. And he sees Zacchaeus, and, and Zacchaeus is conflicted. It's, it's, it's complicated because Zacchaeus' name means pure, but he runs a corrupt business. And he's acquired all of his money from cheating out other individuals. He is wealthy and privileged, but he's sitting in a tree. It's conflicting. He's a tax collector, and tax collectors weren't running after Jesus to see this poor carpenter, yet Zacchaeus outruns the crowd and lays down his life or lays down his dignity and his status to be with Jesus. Jesus sees where he is and he calls his name. Jesus sees the contradictions in his own life and he calls his name. Jesus sees the desperation in Zacchaeus' eyes and he calls his name. Jesus understands that life is complicated and issues are complicated and things are multifaceted. And, and the answer to the complexities is a person, Jesus. It is complicated, but Jesus has answers. So he gets them from the tree to the table. For us this morning, we keep plowing through this series. Here's one of the things I want to encourage you. This is not necessarily talks for Facebook, Instagram, DMs. This is table talk. This is table talk. It's not for you to do an endless post where the post has 427 comments and it's going to take two hours to kind of sift through the fine positions and points. This is table talk. We, as believers, as people that want to see the, the, the glory of God break in our culture, it needs to happen around tables. I love what Tim Chester says about this. He says, in Luke's gospel, Jesus is either going to a meal, at a meal, or coming from a meal. That's why we have Publix Chicken at Life Group. 
the table fellowship of Jesus with this ethic of grace rather than reciprocity was creating a new countercultural society in the midst of an empire. What is he saying? When he's at the table, transformation is happening. Culture is being impacted, and a new culture is arriving or arising. Last quote from Tim Lovett's book, Meals with Jesus. He says this, we may not long for bread. In other words, you may come to a life group and not be hungry. I went to a baby shower yesterday and had just come from another place that had already eaten. I wasn't necessarily hungry, hungry. Still nibbled on something, but um, I wasn't hungry, hungry. Look what Tim says. He says, we may not long for bread, but we long for meaning, intimacy, fulfillment, community, purpose, and joy. And you can't find that at home watching television. That kind of stuff happens in community. As we think through the depths of these issues, this is table talk. Somebody say this is table talk. We had a conference this week, and, and, and the conference was called a Builder's Roundtable. First time I've ever seen a conference like that or been to a conference like that. And the whole idea of the conference is these pastors sit around a table, and there's no agenda. There's no three points. There's no preselected scriptures for, 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 for five hours one day and six hours another day. We're going we're gonna to get together, we're going to pray, and we're just going to open up and see where our stories take us. I've never been to anything like this in my life. In the first hour and a half, I'm kind of, you know, wondering, okay, who, who's leading? Uh, what's the points? I don't see an agenda. It's, I'm, my, my heart is just fluttering. Like, what are we doing? And it was a time for us as pastors to unplug, to sit still, and to hear our stories, encourage one another, and pray for one another. One of the best conferences I've been to. Twelve or so pastors in the room. One of the best conferences I've been to. Just because it gives us a time to slow down, to not have to be someone around people who are more concerned with what we are becoming than what we are achieving so how our churches are doing is not the agenda. How many people we have is not the agenda. Our plans for mission is not the, it's, it's just Rodney House, Rodney. We need that. You want to talk about race? You can't do that talking to people that look like you, act like you, think like you, vote like you. You got to do that with people that are different from you, and you got to slow down enough to have honest dialogue without being easily offended. Had a good talk with Ashton this week, and he gave me permission to share this because I normally don't say people's name. I just use their story, but he gave me permission. Has a coworker at his job, and if you know Ashton, has the type of personality where you meet him today and he's in your kitchen tomorrow. I don't know how he'd do that. I don't, I don't have that kind of anointing like he does. It's like when Ashton comes, he's just supposed to be there. <laughs> and so he, 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 God, God, God uses him 
I would argue, more specifically, his calling is more outside four walls than inside four walls. And God will use him to build relationships with people that may not consider themselves Christian. And one of his friends came to him this week and said, Ashton, I, I, um, I want you to officiate our, our wedding. Ashton takes a step back, officiate, who, what? Call my pastor. <laughs> no, he wants you to do it. Why do you want me to do it? See, you're, you're religious, but you're not too religious. Now, if, you, uh, if you're around people that don't know Jesus, you have to do some interpretation. What he's saying here is, there's something different about you, but you don't act like them. You talk about Jesus, but you don't have picket signs, boycott and everything. You're, you're in this culture, but you're not of this culture. You're cool and we can chew the fat, but there's something different motivating you. I want that. And I want you to officiate this wedding. Now, now knowing me, he told me this, and I'm What's the next three steps? So, man, praise God. We'll work out the legality of it. But do the wedding. Be salt in light out there. But don't just do the wedding. Sit them down for three or so sessions of premarital counseling. And talk about how you got to communicate. Every couple, I don't care what kind of couple you are, you know you got to talk. And then ask them, how are you going to talk when it's hard to talk? How are you going to talk when you're too mad to talk, but you need to talk? How are you going to get that kind of, I don't know. I know a place where you can get that kind of, I, I know a place where there's a well of patience that you haven't even taken off the list. I know someone. You see, beloved, God's not calling you necessarily to hold down six positions in this church. He's calling you to be salt and light out there. Last thing, the Spirit brings about renewal. Now, if you know us here at Gospel Fellowship, you know that our mission statement is joining Christ in the renewal of all things. It's what we're about. It's what we're trying to bring about, and we're about bringing about renewal. And as we talk through these issues, listen, these are not positions to, 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 to find out what our stance is, and how do we argue these positions well, and how do we defend the faith, and how do we defend Jesus? Jesus don't need your defending. These are not topics to be fought over. These are people to be loved. So I'm not just trying to get an informational download to you. I'm trying to equip you in how to love people with grace and truth. Spirit brings about renewal. Zacchaeus gives 50% of his money to the poor. Now man, that's one amazing tithe, isn't it? He hasn't even got to paying people back yet. He just, he's like, like, Lord, my tithe, 50%. Boom, just off real, just uh, go. Uh, uh. 
Love it. Yes. Mm -hmm. The law only would speak about 15 to 20 percent. Zacchaeus goes far past the law because when you've been transformed and renewed by radical grace, you're not measuring limits. When this Christ has, invite, has, has said, I need to come to my decrepit, sinful, corrupt house, I'm not asking, okay, oh, I, I just want to know what's required. You're talking requirements, you're not talking grace. When he gets a hold of what the Spirit of God has done in renewal, it brings about generosity. See, when I'm talking about getting at the table, I'm talking about giving the Spirit space to work. The Spirit does the work. Hear me. The Spirit does the work. Don't leave here with a, a long to-do list. The Spirit will do the work. If you will be faithful, create space. The Spirit will do the Spirit. The Spirit does the work. That's why he doesn't say, oh, Jesus taught him how to be generous and give 50% away. He didn't say that. The Spirit does the work. Then he says, on top of that, if I defrauded anyone, I'll pay him back four times. How are you going to pay back all those people, Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, all those people you defrauded? You're not just a tax collector, you're a chief tax collector. So you got to pay back what you did and the people up under you did. How are you going to give away 50% if you had a million dollars? I'm going to give away $500,000. And then say, I'm going to pay back who I defrauded and put times four on that amount. Here's what Zacchaeus is saying. I'm willing to go bankrupt over this. Doesn't it remind you of the rich young ruler? He's willing not to get, just give some of it away. Zacchaeus is willing to give it all away. And that's what Jesus is, is calling. I'm not saying Jesus is telling you to tie 50% and, and give all. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he, he wants your whole life. You see, money represented his life. So Zacchaeus says the way I need to, to break this hold that money has is to give it away. Some of you are struggling right now with being controlled by money. It, it pimps you. So I mean, how do I get up under this vice, this control of money? You give it away. There's good stewardship, and then there's being dominated by money. Ask the Spirit to show you where you are. Amen? Everyone's standing. I don't even know where I am anymore. <laughs> Everyone's standing. Max, the worship team is throwing me back on stage. So what do you do with this sermon? Here's my answer to that. Pursue seeing renewal happen few statements I wrote as I was thinking about this, particularly for this series. I want to see people rise up that love people where they are, but are bold about the truth of God's word. That's what I want to see in this series. I want to see people who love people like crazy, 
just love people, but don't compromise what God says. I want to see people who engage in politics. We need people in politics. We need people in politics. We need people to run for for mayor. I don't feel like running for mayor. We need people to run for mayor. We need people in government with a posture of justice and righteousness, but also humility, who are tethered to the truth of God's word. I want to see God use this church as a model of racial reconciliation, a people who are committed to working through challenging issues concerning race, with grace and forgiveness because of our identity and our union with Christ. I want to see that. Not just that we have people that are different from us that come to church, but people that are are engaging in real conversations, not just about life, but about race. I also want to see a community of white, blue, and no-collared workers use jobs as platforms for the gospel with excellence and commitment. We can't see that kind of vision happen without people that are willing to sacrifice. And so even as this morning we worshiped coming forward, I want to make space to pray over people that would say, Lord, send me, I'll go into that. I'll open my home. I'll engage in those conversations. I'll go out my way to make, re, get in relationship with people that are not like me. I want to love people on, on, on different spectrums of, of where they land in the sexuality conversation. I want to I be open. Send me, I'll go. Send me, I'll go. I'm, I, I don't want to run with this bubble on my head anymore. I don't want to close my ears off to what's happening. I want you to burst the bubble and send me into a culture. I know I'm not of this culture, but I am in it. If that's you this morning, I want to quickly pray over you. If that's you, come, let me pray over you. You want to go for goers, come. Come. And as you come, come with your hands lifted and surrendered to God. If that's you, come and come. You come all the way down to the front. Others are coming. Just come with your hands lifted and surrender to God. Thank you, Lord. Send me, I'll go. Teachers are going back to school. Lord, send me, I'll go. School, colleges, universities are starting back up. Lord, send me, I'll go. I'll, I'll be bold in my conviction, but I'll, I'll love people as they are and who they are. I'll, I'll open my home for fellowship. I'll make myself available. I'm your servant. new song out called open open the sails and lord you can blow me wherever you want to blow me i think this morning this is a good word for us that 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 we're out at sea and we need to open up our sails and we need to take our hand uh, off of the rudder and trying to control where God will send us and how he'll send us. Some of us are asking questions about ministry and what's next and what's the next stage and where you're sending me. And you're always asking what's next, what's next. What? I believe God's saying what's in front of you? What's, what's in front of you right now, today? What's in front of you that I've called your attention to? What's in front of you? Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask that you come and you would just lift those hands and surrender to him. And I'm going to pray over you. And my hands are lifted too. Because I need to drop my sails. I need to take my hand off the rudder of my life. And I need to become vulnerable for whatever he would send me, whatever that looks like. However fast he wants me to sail, Lord, I'll sail. However slow you want me to go, I'll, I'll sail slow. If there's no wind, I'll be still. If it's rough out at sea, it can be rough out at sea because I'm trusting you are the one that's in control. I'll drop sails. Father, this morning we, we pray over these that have come. We pray over your people, Lord. I pray that you would send them. You're already, Lord, by your Spirit, showing and, 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 and creating images in their mind for where you're sending them to. And Lord, as they go, this is what Matthew 28 says, as, you're, as you go, you're making disciples, not waiting, standing, sitting for disciples to come. As you go, you are making disciples. So Lord, I pray as they take steps in dropping the cell and letting you move in and through them, I pray that you would send them to who you're calling them to. And that they would not trust themselves to have to have all of the perfect words. They would sit and listen and pray and ask questions. And as you lead them, speak truth in grace. So, Lord, I pray, oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Send now that anointing, oh, God. Send now that anointing on this church, Jesus. Send now that anointing on this church, oh God, I pray. God, I pray. We want more, Lord. We want more, Jesus. We want more, Jesus. Use this church in difficult places, difficult places, Lord. Take us to uncommon places. Take us to places other Christians won't go. We want more, Jesus. We don't want status quo. We don't want just other Christians from other places. We want to see your harvest break forth, Lord. We want to see ground taken in the kingdom. Lord, send us, send every missionary, send every mission, Lord, and give us impact and give us influence. Lord, give us a voice, Lord, to make a difference where you're calling us. Forget us, Lord God. what we want in our way, in our little prayer request. Help us ball up our little prayer request, Jesus. Just drop cell. Lord, that's going to cost us something we know. We know it's going to cost. Lord, we know it'll be times where we're tired. Lord, we know it'll cost us energy and effort. Lord, we know we may be exhausted, Lord, but we still say, send me, I'll go. Oh, Lord, send that kind of anointing, Lord. Send that kind of anointing on your people this morning. Send, this, send that kind of anointing even to those that did not come forth. Send that kind of anointing all over this room, Jesus. I pray for unrest. I pray for unrest. 
Pray against complacency. Pray against laziness, Lord. Pray against fear that causes us to shut our mouth where you're calling us to open it, Jesus. Lord, we're available. Cells are dropped. Ears are open. Eyes are open. Bubbles are burst. Use us. Use us, Lord. 